Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every town has a dark side. Being online nowadays can drive people insane. Scrolling through endless pictures and memes for no other reason than not wanting to deal with responsibilities. People arguing with complete strangers about politics, climate, and whatever hot-button issue really. Crafting out their well-thought-out comments they think will change the world, but of course... That isn't the case. Then there's the endless array of extremely beautiful people who get attention online for their looks. All in all, if you spend enough time on social media, your perception of reality gets seriously skewed. In 2019, 17-year-old Bianca Devins from upstate New York was an attractive and talented young woman who, because of this, was able to garner a decent-sized following across multiple platforms. For her, it felt good to get attention online, and she enjoyed many loyal followers and fans, until one of them took things too far. I'm Andrew, and welcome to this week's episode of Every Town. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're heading up to Utica, New York, where we'll hear all about how one obsessed fan infiltrated Bianca's real world and brought about the tragic fate of a promising teen. Bianca Devins always struggled with mental health issues, but she always seemed to be able to keep them in check. Having a greater understanding of how the brain functions than most people her age, after high school she wanted to go on to study psychology at Mohawk Valley Community College in Unica. She wanted to help others with similar issues, and in the process of studying, she could also gain a better understanding of her own issues and be better equipped to deal with them. 
Bianca struggled with anxiety and depression growing up. She also carried with her borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress. At nine years old, she saw her first therapist after struggling from separation anxiety from her mom, Kim. Then around 13 is when her depression really kicked in and she withdrew from her real-life family and friends. She liked to spend time in her room on social media where she met people from all over the world who had similar struggles to herself. She could talk to them on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And as she spent more time on there, her follower count grew, and this helped ease the burden of sadness she was feeling, so it became extremely important to her. Her mother Kim said, She really could just escape her own mental struggles. What was going on in her head and escape into, you know, a different world online. Bianca could be whoever she wanted to be while on the internet. She wasn't confined to the small town life in upstate New York. Over the next few years, as she began to get more comfortable growing into her own skin, her following grew too. This added some pressures to always be performing. That's where her persona as an e-girl really began to take shape. If you don't know, an e-person is slang that combines electronic, aka e, and then boy or girl. These people's style is a mix of goth and skating cultures, and they dabble with cosplay and K-pop. When she turned 16, Bianca was officially diagnosed as having borderline personality disorder, but she was always seeking therapy and treatment, knowing it was the best way to help keep her mood swings at bay. She got the meds she needed, and ultimately, by the time she was 17, was doing well. Her family said she got a glow back in her eyes and her smile came back. She was excited about college and the big things she wanted to do in her life. Online, she was getting recognition for her art and as a model. Legit agencies reached out, which was a big ego boost for someone who struggled with her issues throughout her life. She gained many more male fans online around this time. Her content was filled with compliments from guys who loved her photos and videos. And as you can imagine, a lot of them even tried to meet up with her in real life. And for the most part, she ignored these people. However, 21-year-old Lyft driver Brandon Clark struck up a conversation with her that was reminiscent of why she ever even started going online in the first place. See, Brandon had similar mental health struggles, and through this time, they connected on a higher level. Brandon had grown up in an abusive home and had some traumatic experiences he shared with Bianca. I want to 
He was just a kid. He saw his dad holding a knife to his mother's throat after an argument. His dad was sent to jail, and his mom later was also sent to prison, which had him being raised in a foster home. He told her about how he spent years working through the trauma of it all. She told him about how she was doing the same. Brandon was a gentleman online, someone who was respectful and even had a bit of a nerdy side. And luckily, he lived somewhat in the area, so after getting to know one another, he asked if they could meet in person. They went out a handful of times and everything was going well enough. But Bianca was always clear that she wasn't interested in anything serious. After all, she was gearing up for college and needed to focus on that, and Brandon was okay with it, at least at first. Family and friends had mixed feelings about the young man. Bianca's sister, for example, met Brandon and thought he was a trustworthy and nice guy. Her mom, Kim, thought the same, but... One of Bianca's friends wasn't so sure. She saw them as having a bit of a toxic relationship as Brandon would supply Bianca with drugs and after that took advantage of her. Regardless of who thought what though, no one expected just how toxic this whole thing soon would get. And deep down, Brandon wanted more than a friendly fling. He wanted Bianca all to himself and for them to be boyfriend and girlfriend. He was patient, but persistent, and thought at some point she'd come around and they'd go on to live happily ever after. With so many admirers online, here he was, being able to hang out with her in the flesh, and he didn't want to let that go. But when it became apparent that he might not be able to keep her, he decided that if he couldn't have her, then no one could. July 13, 2019 was a beautiful summer day in Utica. Brandon and Bianca headed out in Brandon's car on the four-hour trek down to the Big Apple. For that night, the two met up with Bianca's friend Alex, and all three attended a concert that Canadian singer Nicole Dolenganger was putting on. They partied, had fun, and after the show, Brandon and Bianca headed back to Utica. It's unclear what exactly transpired during the long trek back upstate, but Bianca would never make it home. The following day, July 14th, was Utica's famous Boilermaker Road Race, which is a well-known 15K where participants from around the world come to run. While most of the town was gearing up for that early in the morning, Something terrifying was happening online. An image of Bianca's body was posted on the social media platform Discord very early that day. At first, friends and others who saw it thought it was a fake because it was usual for people on the platform to post disturbing images to get a rise out of others. Underneath the image was a caption from Brandon which read, 
Sorry, effers. You're going to have to find somebody else to orbit. The disturbing image showed Bianca bloodied and nearly decapitated, sitting in the seat of Brandon's car with the knife nearby. After that, he posted another photo of a green tarp on the ground with what appeared to be a body underneath it, his bloodied hand in frame. That caption read, I'm sorry, Bianca. The images quickly went viral, and word started to spread that something seriously was wrong. Several calls started coming in to the Utica Police Department from Discord users who had seen the photos. And then another call came in. A calm young man said to the dispatcher, My name is Brandon. The victim is Bianca Michelle Devins. I'm not going to stay on the phone long because I still need to do something. Before hanging up, Clark told the dispatcher where they could find him a dead-end road not far from Bianca's home. When law enforcement pulled up in some twisted sort of poetic love story, Brandon stabbed himself in the neck as he laid across the green tarp concealing Bianca's body. A note from Brandon, spray-painted in black on the pavement nearby, were going to be his final words. They read, May you never forget me. Police rushed Brandon to the hospital, and other officers headed to Bianca's house, where, by the time they had arrived, Kim had already been sent the images of her daughter that had been posted. To really grasp what had happened between Bianca and Brandon that night, the investigators reviewed their social media accounts and soon learned the two weren't alone at the concert. Prosecutor Sarah DeMelliers stated that it wasn't just Bianca and Brandon, that in fact they were accompanied by another guy. Direct messages from Bianca's Discord account showed she invited Alex and was concerned Brandon might not like that and be jealous. Prosecutors tracked Alex down. DeMelliers said he was very helpful in explaining the last moments that he spent with Bianca and that Brandon really seemed to not like him being there. Investigators learned that after Clark and Bianca left the concert, she texted Alex to say, I think he saw me kiss you. That was such a big blow to Brandon, who was essentially infatuated with the girl. That jealousy erupted into a fit of anger on that drive, and as a result, he killed Bianca. The crime occurred sometime around 4 a.m. on the deserted road. Afterward, Brandon built a bonfire while listening to the song Test Drive by Joji and watched the sunrise. Shortly after is when he began posting pictures and creating a video to capture the whole scene. 
Knowing that Brandon had the knife in his car and equipment to videotape the killing, authorities reported the possibility that he had actually planned the murder and that this wasn't so much of a fit of rage. Police Sergeant Michael Curley believed Brandon desired fame himself. D.A. Demelier claimed that Brandon gave various explanations for why he committed the killing to multiple people. Prior to that night, he had made online searches on how to find the carotid artery, how to incapacitate or kill someone, and general searches for choking and hanging. On July 29th, Brandon was officially charged with second-degree murder where he pleaded not guilty. The defense was considering an extreme emotional disturbance defense, but authorities and Bianca's family were not buying it. The prosecutors relentlessly pursued justice for Bianca and her family, which would send Brandon to jail for 25 years to life. She may have gone too soon, but Bianca Devins has left a legacy. The passage of Bianca's Law, which all social media platforms with more than 10 million in revenue and over 100,000 monthly users, would be required to establish an office dedicated to identifying and removing violent content that violates the platform's moderation standards. There are many people nowadays disillusioned with social media and what it is. It inflates one's sense of worth, putting the individual at the center of attention and as a result an inflated ego that the world orbits around them. But it does not. It's very important we all realize that and take steps to not get caught up in whatever world it is you have created for yourself online. It is not real. Brandon here thought he was doing something prolific that the entire world would see, but Most of you, before hearing this episode, most likely never knew his name. And if you know it now, you'll forget it soon enough. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Every Town. Hope you enjoyed it. Go check out this episode in video form over at our YouTube channel called Scary Mysteries. And for more podcasts from us, check out the Scary Mysteries podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to come back next week for another episode filled with scary, strange, and mysterious stories. Because you never know. Maybe your town will be next.